What's up? It's me, it's Lottie, you know. Hey, and it's me, Becca. We're here with a special episode regarding the month. If y'all thought that we were just going to let June pass by without a Pride episode, you were wrong. So today we're going to do some diving into the current issues within the LGBTQIA community. So I talked to Danielle and Preach the Poet about a few things kind of regarding that, like where our stigmas come from, what some people need to unlearn about being in the trans community or what they need to know more about so that they can get help if they are in that community and they feel marginalized. But before we get started, we wanted to chat a little bit about another thing that's interesting with the LGBTQ community, biphobia. Yes, it's something I've experienced so often. So a little backstory, y'all know from the last episode, I'm from the boonies. So gays were not exactly accepted there like at all some kids in my high school even like tried to start a gay straight alliance and the two guys that decided to show up to the meeting got tormented for weeks afterwards for being gay um so needless to say i didn't come to terms with my sexuality or come out as bi until about three four ish years ago so i'm kind of still new to the community and like still figuring it all out ah that's interesting. It's, it's good to kind of like learn that about you and still literally have that be the process of working this podcast through. Um, but could you help me explain, like, because I don't really know too much about it and anybody else who's listening to the podcast that doesn't know much about it. Could you explain a little bit more what biphobia is? Yeah. So biphobia within the queer community can take many forms. Uh, one example that I always think of is like basically just dismissing bisexual individuals as either gay or straight because they have a preference or because they've only dated one gender. Um, so many bi people that I know, myself included, have a preference. Um, like, I'm personally more attracted to women, but I've also almost exclusively been with guys, with a few exceptions. So I've had people tell me, oh, it's just a phase, or you're straight and you're just curious because you have a boyfriend. Um, I've even had other bi people tell me that you can't know or you can't be sure. You can't be sure if you're attracted to another gender unless you sleep with both of them first, which I wholeheartedly disagree with and was kind of offended by in the moment. <laughs> but it's really just all these little microaggressions and like things that you say to delegitimize someone's sexuality specifically for bisexual people in the community. Um, and so they just pile up. And in my case, made me super uncomfortable with myself, made me deny my attraction to women for the longest time and just think, oh, I, I really must be straight and just like curious about this, you know? Gotcha. Um, it's uh, Thank you for sharing that pretty much. Like we definitely want people to hear this and like feel like they can at least look to us for like some resources or at least feel like we can relate to them in some levels. So if you wanted to present some information about it, what could you tell people about how to not be biphobic and how to kind of really own up to that acceptance, even if they're facing a community where that's like really, really hard to do? Just listening. I mean, it's really the same as anything else. Don't judge someone before you hear them out and like hear their perspective. Always keep an open mind if you don't understand something. Don't just assume that you know what it is or what's going on. Like ask questions. Otherwise, you're just creating friction um, between you and loved ones. That's really fair. And that's some of the stuff that people need to learn and some people need to unlearn. Um, in my personal experience, I can't say that I've experienced that because I'm kind of in a different situation for sure. I have kind of, if I'm to say that I can relate to that on a small level, I'm more effeminate in some of the things that I do. And I have kind of been in situations where people made me feel uncomfortable about just doing certain things and taking care of myself a certain way. 
And these are kind of some things that me and Danielle talked about a little bit on some gender construct and what society says you should be. And that could probably be where the stem from biphobia and like other aspects of just trying not to branch out and express yourself fully because society kind of has a certain stigma about it. Um, but without further ado, let's dive more into some conversations that we have with Danielle Grubb and Preach the Poet. Yeah. Sending out an SOS, babe. If it's not tomorrow, can we do today? I need your love. I need your time to spend it. I need it now and never. No regret. It's the season for falling, but I keep on calling. Completely off the top. What I really, well, it's not really off the top. It's kind of a little bit, it's a little premeditated because it's what I wanted to talk to you about. So okay. I had felt like I'd said it at the top of this month. This is Pride Month, right? Technically, all of June. I wanted to find out more about how tied and connected like trans people and their history is related to the civil rights movement because there's apparently actually a lot of trans people who played important roles yeah. in civil rights, like in the rioting and the protests that first began about it. Yeah, so there's the Stonewall riots. Okay, tell me more about that because I don't know anything about that. And talk so to it like you it's, explain you know, to someone. police brutality, um, New York City, I think. But I'm pretty sure those riots were organized and led by a trans woman, a black trans woman. Mm. I'm pretty sure. It says, the Stonewall riots, also called the Stonewall Uprising, and this is from History.com. This is about as bare as it gets. Can't be that biased. Began in the early hours of June 28th, 1969, when New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York Mm. City. The raid sparked a riot among the bar patrons and neighborhood residents as police roughly hauled employees and patrons out of the bar, leading to six days of protests and violent clashes with the law enforcement outside of the bar on Christopher Street, in neighboring streets, and in a nearby Christopher Park. And the Stonewall riots served as a catalyst for the gay rights movement in the United States and around the world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting in there. Do you feel like a lot of these aren't necessarily... They're, they're probably not taught, because I haven't heard about this in no, school. No, yeah, they're not really taught. They're not really taught, especially... I mean, we could go into a whole other conversation about, like, what is included in textbooks, depending on, like, what part of the country you're in. And, you know, just yeah. being in, like, the Bible Belt, like, we don't learn a lot of, like, queer culture. Yeah. Um, do you know if there are any schools out there or any local programs that are kind of doing their part to educate at least kids who feel like they want to know more about queer culture or that they're in it and they don't know how to process it because no one else is kind of teaching them? There are a to... couple of, like, uh, there's the Gay and Lesbian Resource Center in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then there is another foundation that's more of, like, community outreach, and they do, like... um I don't know, like family events. Like sometimes they used to do like movie nights and things. Gotcha. They would pass out all sorts of information about different things, and they had um, like a youth-centered program too. Oh. Um, so I mean, there's like, I don't know, there's resources. Okay. Out there. We'll get some links and see what we can share. Yeah. And, and more immediately, do you feel kind of where do you feel about knowing the people that are now kind of being like either lost or found to be dead? or being killed out there that are trans people or black people or black trans people? Well, I think it's a complicated issue because... And this is where we're actually going to ask for some of your input on that, too, because we know that, like, these murders are senseless, and it, but it speaks to a problem that we have within the community and ourselves and unifying. Yeah. Because as far as I know, a lot of these murders are perpetuated by black men. Yes, I was yes. about to say. I was and about to say a lot of the murders... Black trans women and trans women 
are by black men. Do you feel like there is a constant, like, this violent history, like, has persisted, like, within its own community, not even from police, which is where, like, the Stonewall riot has its history? Do you think it's just kind of more recently being exacerbated, or do you think it's always been happening? No, I think it's always been that way. I think maybe there's, like, more light being shed on it, but I think that it's maybe rooted in... I don't know, like a disrespect for women and then to not see trans women as women. You know what I mean? Mm. I think it's like a, a multi-step sort of gotcha. thing that I think, um, you know, people just need to like unlearn hatred mm. and be educated on trans issues and trans people. Where do you think it comes from? I want to ask you about that, too. Like, where do you think the hatred for trans people is coming from? And do you kind of see the mirrored, like, black men killing our own kind versus police killing our own kind and the mutual shared, like, there? Or what do you think about it? I, it just for me, it's, it's, it's hard because, and like I told you earlier, like, you know what I mean, being always having like the queer culture around me like from birth you know what i'm saying if it wasn't just in the church if it was on the streets even men coming home from prison were like you know what i'm saying some don't uh some you know what i'm saying remain in that mindset it's like i didn't i wasn't seeing i, I just couldn't fathom like you know black men like or anybody just like beating up a transgender person, just in general, like I, I didn't even, I couldn't, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even fathom that. Understand that I am the face of of the the enemy in this situation. Like I am the white man in, I am the white man almost in that struggle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I have to identify that and like almost come to it as an ally. Come, come all like I have to learn like how to be an ally in that fight. You know what I'm saying? From my position and from my mindset. I feel that. Like you know for I mean? me, I'll speak personally. It's like I haven't met a lot of, I hadn't met a lot of trans folk until like America. I hadn't seen some. I'd seen like probably people who cross dress. Well, they're in different countries. It's still like hella it's still really illegal. hella illegal, and that's another thing. Because I know that in Nigeria, like in the north, there's been like something that could arguably seen as like a massive enough genocide of gay and queer folk in North Nigeria. Like I know for a fact that Nigerians have perpetuated killing people who don't like identify solely in one bucket or the other, right? Which is this binary structure that transcends like even America because in other countries it's really, really, really cracked down upon. Mm -hmm. um, so coming over here and finding that, I, I'd like to say that I'm probably thankful for my parents teaching me about inclusivity and never really, like, saying that these are people I should ever be worried about. To me, it was always just kind of like, it's strange, it's new, right? But I never, ever felt hatred for them because, like, and well, I, feel, I, I feel like I never learned it Yeah. in that regard. And that's what you're saying, that people should now unlearn because they kind of learn it from, like, do you, possibly how society portrays trans people, what it... It, it can also be, like, a um, internalized, like... Um, like they're not I... really a lot of people aren't necessarily comfortable expressing themselves that way yeah so when they see other people express it that way it it it, it kind of irks something in them sure yeah huh. I kind of I, I can understand that concept it's like it's hard for me to speak out towards that because I, I haven't learned that you know in a sense 
but I would like to know more about it and its inclusivity and how I can be an ally in that regard, you know. Just for the sake of the uh, <clears throat> podcast, can uh, you explain your identification? Sure, yeah. Um, I am transmasculine and mm. non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Cool. So just like, oh, they are over there. Or we're going to their house or it's easy when you're with them because then i can just say you or danny yeah you can also if mm. sometimes it's a problem for people in general like they literally just can't like re- it's, that's a real first step to unlearning right yeah there's just like using a different pronoun that like now there's just it's not like it's a new pronoun it's always been there yeah it's just reframed and being it's just reused. reframed and being used differently and it's like weird when people take such offense to that yeah. on a level yeah because it's 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 we talked about this a little bit um, on the last one, mm-hmm. but it is like your identity is like a fundamental part of your existence. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine like you as Lottie as the man, if you walked around and everybody kept calling you she. Yeah. Like regardless, like they, they're just like, oh, yeah. like that is your pronoun. Like, no, I'm telling you my pronoun is something is, different. Is, yeah. You know, it's like fundamental to. To kind of how you see yourself. Do you, you think? Yourself and, yeah. Do you think that that's worth unlearning? What do you mean? What is unlearning? Like what is unlearning to identify ourselves by these pronouns? Oh, so yeah. much So I think. Well, no. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of complicated. I think that there are toxic aspects to a gender binary that people could unlearn. Yes. I don't think that. Like what is manly to do and not manly to do? Yeah. Or what is or even the concept of manliness? Not, yeah. To begin with, right? Like there's like, more room for what manliness can include. For sure. Or it doesn't have to be seen as manliness. In yeah. That, in that regard. For sure. I think personally, like I struggled with like because I do relate to being masculine and sort of manly, mm-hmm. but I don't relate to uh what like needing to to be defined as man. Mm. But there are some aspects of me that are a little bit manly, but I'm also a very, like, soft and squishy person. <laughs> and that's just how that's it is. That's a person, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just me. you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay, so a couple of things while I'm on this, I kind of also want to find out who, what messages we can actually make light and awareness of people. So I'm going to share, hopefully, a couple articles here about what trans murders have happened recently. So it just it's kind of, like, known. Mm-hmm. Um... So the last that I'm seeing just from typing this in is in Time Magazine, and it's uh, from June 13th, earlier this month. Two black trans women, Rhea Milton in, in Ohio and Dominique Remy Fells in Pennsylvania, were killed earlier this week amidst an increasing outcry from activists to protect black trans people. And as the Trump administration reversed protections for transgender people in the U.S. healthcare system. Do you know kind of more? Well, they, the I think the House... Um, in the Senate, both were like, you can't do that. It's unconstitutional. Yeah. So gotcha. they shot that one down. So it's either being quickly. jammed up in court somewhere. But I wonder how many people still, like, on a practical basis have to face an obstruction in that, in, a, in attaining health care. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so if you think about trans people, there are people who are on hormones. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on hormones forever or, like, for a very, very long time. Um, and so they always have to get that. You know, like if they can't, if their doctor is able to deny them the things that they need just because they are trans, like that sucks. They won't be able to get that. Like you need follow up appointments for certain surgeries. It's like all sorts of different care for different things. Mm. Um, 
I don't know anybody personally who is who has like been blocked by getting anything they need. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, where do you think where do you think it comes from? Where do you think the energy that a person can feel like they're male and that they're male and it can swear up and down that they're male and that's just kind of like an identity that society like accepts. Do you think that that's society kind of writing these rules that we adhere to or do you think that there's an objective male spirit and an objective female spirit and an objective blend of the two? I don't think that it is as clear as that male female in the middle i don't think it's i think it's more of like like a spectrum mm-hmm. continuum on, on, type yeah thing. Mm-hmm. and i think that well if you want to talk about it what happens at birth mm-hmm. your physical sex and your mental gender your mental sex mm-hmm. are um created at two different parts of the process of being born Hmm. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know which one happens first, mm-hmm. but it's literally like, I think it's maybe the body gets formed, mm-hmm. and then after that, then then that gets formed. Huh? Um, uh, do you know kind of around what age, like or how? No, no, no. It's like in utero, ah, like those two things as embryo, right? Yeah, Towards yeah, the yeah. end of the nine months of incubation type thing, no, 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 the, throughout the whole nine. Yeah. Yeah. Like. So I think the physical aspects of sex happen earlier. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, the the brain is, like, growing and developing, then it, yeah, you know. Then, ah, so those two don't necessarily occur. They don't happen at the same time. Ah. So then, like, the fact that they even match up a lot of the time is, like, kind of ridiculous. But that's cool because I want to know what other kind of, like, psychological components and scientific proof has been brought and is kind of accepted on what level. For which, like, at least I, I'd yeah, imagine that so, the scientific community is not necessarily opposed, like, to trans people moving the way that they are now. No, they're not. They're doing a whole bunch of research. Like, we were talking the other day about how there is a study about brain scans where, um, let's say, a trans woman has pretty much the same, like, the same shit sparks off mm-hmm. as a cisgender woman. Mm. There's, like, really no difference. And the same thing goes for men. And I wonder what it is, like, for people that are non-binary. I wonder if it's, like, some things light up in different places, some things don't. But so that study. And then, you know, the issue is is that the body doesn't match the brain. And so they've basically, you know, there are studies that support, and they've made the decision to say, that when you are going through that, you have dysphoria. The only um, cures for that and solutions to those problems are mm-hmm. to take to do the hormone replacement therapies and get surgeries and things like that. Uh, um, I was talking to my therapist about it because I go to therapy for this. Gotcha. Um, he's saying that it's literally like it's pretty crazy, but like as soon as you make those decisions to change your body, yeah, your dysphoria just goes away. Ah, it's crazy. That's cool. This is some interesting stuff that I've never really even like known about. I didn't know about the occurrence of like your physical gender forming not necessarily at the same time as your brain kind of forming that identification in there. I'd always kind of seen it as um, the male and the female soul on a spectrum somewhere, just kind of being born into whatever body. But Mm -hmm. that's not even canceling out that idea. There's room for those two 
in there somewhere. Because yeah. I, I don't know how much I would say that, like, the formation of the identity and the consciousness of a person really relies on the brain. But I have a really, really different mindset as to where I really think, like, the soul and consciousness comes from. Okay. I don't know. Where, where do you stand as to, like, what soul and consciousness are? Like, what do you... Do you think it's the same? What do you think? Um, no, I think soul is probably, like, life force. Mm-hmm. I think consciousness is, like, awareness of life force and else do you think it's possible that that do you think that that consciousness does not have a, a, a spectrum so much do you think that that consciousness is just like bare it's neither fail is neither male nor female i don't think yeah i don't think it's gendered and i think that it works on the spectrum of like frequencies so some people are kind of just gravitate more towards feminine characteristics and character and then they're either their like gender and their brain development like matches that or doesn't match that like regardless. And am I making some sense? I think you are making sense. I think I, like, I think I got lost. I like okay. So I believe in this is like a super oversimplification. But you've got the the pure human soul existence, right? It's just this thing. It's not gendered. It's not whatever it is. But it has characteristics that are either more leaning. I think that those are all physical those and environmentally like learned. Learned. Like I think like the gender binary, gender ah. gender um uh what am I thinking? What is what is the word? Social what, what ah, gender roles. The gender roles are learned. Constructs. Yeah. So it's all it's all sort of made up. I mean there's like stuff that Cuz like we could warp into an alternative reality and the norm is that society has accepted that men wear skirts. Sure. Like, on a Exactly. And there's a country that literally does that, right? With kilts and stuff. Yeah. So I suppose, like, maybe what I still struggle to learn, and which is what other people are struggling to learn, I'm trying to identify, is, like, how much, just how much of society is really taught rather than it is naturally feeling, in a sense. I think, yeah, I think it would be mostly taught. Um, You said earlier... As soon as they get the surgery, uh, an anxiety leaves. Yeah. Can you go back into that? I, I really, sure. I think, I think, I think the biggest question a, a lot of people have, especially for myself, is I understand why because it's what you want to do, and that's how I understand it. But it seems like there's like something deeper in that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when you're dysphoric, you're uncomfortable with your body. Right. Mm. Would you compare it to like an um, like a not a PTSD, but like maybe like kind a of, yeah, actually really okay. Like there are some situations for me that like literally cause me like so much stress that I cannot engage in like certain things. Um, I wear a chest binder. Y'all can see that. Mm. Um, if I'm ever not wearing one, it's crazy. It feels insane. I can't look down. It's like, mm. it's like fucked up. It's like the most fucked up situation I can think of. Mm. Um, the only way I could explain it would be like if you just had, like if you were male presenting and you woke up and you just had like an extra appendage. Just like somewhere there and it's somewhere like, here. what and you're just is like, this? And it's not like of you. Yeah, type. it's not. Yeah, and it's like not of you. And then you see other people that you relate to. Yeah. That don't have that thing. But they don't see you the same way. Yeah. Because you have this thing and it's visible. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the anxiety is like, 
is like a fear of presenting yourself in a way that you want to be seen. It's a fear of other people not seeing you in the way that you want to be seen. It is, um, yeah, I think those are probably the two. It's the the back and forth of those things. Mm. But you're saying that once you make the conscious decision to the physical ex- change, to, the physical physical change. change. to make the physical change, once you make the physical, once you make the actual change, the actual physical change that really disappears. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. I want some links and some stuff to read up on that, so I can also share with whoever's listening on this. For sure. Would you say that um, because the education of the youth, that's like that. That's a main priority in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you you spoke on going to a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. a therapist. Uh, that's something you would recommend. You know what I'm saying? I would recommend it. I wish I would have gone to therapy for like genders specified therapy like mm-hmm. since I was like 18 probably but I'm like 27 now so so this is this is a productive conversation these are the kind of conversations I want to normalize because there's a lot of people in circles that I'm in maybe not a lot because I don't really have that kind of circle they can't have that kind of conversation without really really feeling like it's biased by some political thing that they saw on the news the other day huh. or they're just tired of seeing all these posts about what the Supreme Court finally did in a landmark address or whatever like people get so much into like and i've noticed this like accepting that somebody else's reality is like is is a thing is a real thing that they're experiencing and that their body could even be physically reacting to just because it's not your reality does not mean that that does not have validity and truth to it Mm -hmm. and that's like ultimately what it boils down to me and that's what i see a lot of people really grab on facebook about they feel like their freedom or their reality can't be real if black people are being killed by cops every day or if black trans people are being murdered by black men every day. But that reality is still, for some people, existing and happening. And just because yours is okay does not mean that, like, they're just acting up and theirs must be okay, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a lot of people just get on Facebook and defend things and yell about it. And it's like, are you really, really hurting? Or would it take that much out of you to just accept that this post is sharing facts about a serious injustice in society? But it's like if you're living somewhere where you're far removed from that, it's easy to not think about it as much. It's easy to not meet somebody who's experiencing that. It's easy to not even understand a glimpse of their pain, right, Mm. type thing. So that's where I'm at. I just wanted to have a conversation with you about that. Have a jam session, do some cool things. Yeah. Any last words or shout outs um, mm. before we close out? My record comes out. Hey, when? On July 17th. July 17th. I'm dropping a song on July 17th. All right. That's dope. what's up. Dope. I music love for it. Days. So, much, so much good music from like artists around me is like coming out, man. We just got done recording like a whole instrumental. Cool. It's dope. But yeah, um, thanks for having this conversation with me. Yeah. Blessed to be here kicking it at the gas station studios with Preach and Danny. Uh, Danny's album comes out July 17th. Does does it have a name? Does it have a name? D. D. It's called D. Just D E E or just the letter D? Just D. The revolution will not be televised. It'll be broadcasted live on a Netflix reality TV show starring you, me, and the motherfucker who ain't even paying a subscription. Welcome. Uh, uh, we are the Amethyst Rock Band. We come to... Uh 
As always, thanks for tuning in. But before we wrap this up, there's one more thing we wanted to bring your attention to, and that's the countless numbers of trans individuals that have been killed simply for being themselves. We wanted you to hear their names and stories so they won't fade from our memories like so many others who were taken from this world too soon. Here are just a few. Dustin Parker was 25 when he was killed in McAllister, Oklahoma. He was a founding member of Oklahomans for Equality McAllister chapter. His friends said that he loved fiercely, worked tirelessly, and took on life with hope and enthusiasm. Monica Diamond was 34 when she was killed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Diamond was shot several times while in an ambulance, being treated for shortness of breath. She was active in the city's LGBTQA and nightlife community, and friends said she was a chosen mother to countless people and a loving friend. Rhea Milton was 25. She was killed in Liberty Township, Ohio. Just three months before her death, she tweeted, never been scared to struggle, I'ma get it eventually. Selena Reyes Hernandez was 37. She was shot and killed in Chicago after telling her assailant she was trans. Neolisa Ruiz. Yampi Oraco. Johanna Metzger. Serena Ramos. Leila Sanchez. Penelope Ramirez. Nina Pop. Kayla J. O'Regan. Tony McDade. Remy Fells. Jane Thompson. And that's only the people killed in the last six months. And only the deaths that have been reported. The happening was heard as symbol crashes and fuck fast. Catch the hood is tightened by his toe. God sees his mortality the same. Thanks for listening to the Sila Podcast. Lottie is our host and creative director. The show is produced and edited by me, Becca Moore. The first song you heard in this episode was by the ever-talented Callie Mars. The jam you're listening to now was created by me, Preach, and Danielle Grubb, who also mixed and mastered it. If you want to be part of a future episode, lend us your voice. I'm at Becca underscore Moore on Twitter and BeccaMore at gmail.com. That's B-E-K-A-H. M-O-R-R. And I'm Lottie underscore Mathman at live.com. You can catch me on social media at Lottie underscore the musician, Opid Flow, Iggy Meji, um, and 808 Saints. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Stay safe. Love y'all. Be easy.